Welcome to Let's Talk Ed and Zahi. This is a topic that we're going to talk about here for our next few shows that I'm very passionate about, and that is campus safety and security. And we have brought in uh, one of your friends and colleagues, so I will let you, Zahi, make the the introduction of Brad Smith. Yes. Uh, well, Brad and I worked in uh, southern Wisconsin at the Technical College, and uh, I've, what I've observed over the years is that he is not just well-rounded, but also very thoughtful and very methodical in how he approaches things. And he was gracious enough to give us some time uh, to address some of the issues that pertain to safety. And safety is a whole environment that should keep all of us administrators up at night. You know, from what happened where you were, Chris, where a, where a building was uh, blown uh, to shreds by a tornado, to what Brad went through with uh, uh, individuals targeting the institution. So, so it, those are not things to sweep under a rug. So with that said, Brad, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how you approach safety in, in uh, higher education? Yes, well, uh, thank you for inviting me to be on your show. And uh, yeah, this is an important topic and, and definitely needs to be discussed. Um, I started my career in law enforcement and have about 20 years total. And then an opportunity at the college I work for opened up for a safety director, emergency preparedness coordinator, you know, risk manager. And I applied and ultimately was offered that position and then left law enforcement, came to work for the college full time. And then ever since then, immersed myself into the emergency management role, learning as much as I, I possibly could and paying attention to, at that time, you know, existing hazards and threats and then also uh, looking for emerging threats that were out there and, you know, the preparedness, the readiness of the college to address what may, you know, what might be likely or could um, affect us and um, making sure that we had plans and we trained and that um, we were as ready as we as we could be. Well, this is a topic that has always been a passion of mine. So, uh, you know, my career, I started in uh, broadcasting. I covered news, befriended a lot of, of people within our emergency services. And when I came out to the college, uh, I was asked to take on some of those roles in addition to my marketing roles. And uh, as I talked to my friends in law enforcement, one of the things that, that we talked about is really the difference between a, a college setting and a K-12, where those K-12 buildings are very self-contained. Mm -hmm. People don't come and go as they please, but in, in higher education, it, it really becomes a very different ballgame because you do have a lot of doors that are, you know, unlocked and open and, and people can come and go as they please. So that in and of itself presents a lot of challenges when you start thinking about how do you prepare for an incident? Yeah, there, you know, there is a big difference. And, you know, not just the age group um, that we're working with in higher education, but the fact that most higher education buildings are an open campus. Whereas in the K-12s, you know, they've moved to more of a, a locked campus all the time, meaning that the exterior doors are permanently locked and that 
you know, are unlocked only for specific reasons. And then if you want to get in, you have to, you know, go to a specific location, hit a buzzer, you know, some vetting takes place and then you're allowed in. In higher ed, our buildings are open, right? And so there's a few extra things that we have to do to be ready to go into a, you know, lockout stage, right? And so there's an extra step that we have to take in order to do that. And we are, we are working with a population that's, that's um, also transient in nature, that they may be coming to the college just for that particular day, for an event. And we also have our, our college students that are seeking degrees and that are going to be there for anywhere from, you know, six months, depending on what they're looking to achieve, to, you know, several years to get a diploma. And so we have to design our plans to meet a very vast variety of, of, of individuals. And um, it's a unique challenge. It's not insurmountable. It's just something that you have to recognize during that process of preparing, you know, for the hazards that are likely to happen or could happen and having a response that addresses that population and then having training that is conducted in a variety of ways, right? So that people can get information from training in person, but also perhaps on-demand training and then also online training. And so we make it available in a lot of different ways. Uh, Brad, just a quick question. Do you, and Chris too as well, do you folks think that the fact that we have career technical education programs that, are, that resemble uh, manufacturing settings or healthcare settings adds a spin that many of the K-12 may not necessarily have in terms of scale and in terms of magnitude of uh, what can happen, uh, what can happen in terms of safety? Well, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, one of the things that I recommend, right, when you, when you go and we talk very high level is you're going to want to conduct a hazard risk assessment, right? So you look at the company or you look at the college, you look at the location, the geography, right, because there's different hazards depending on where you're at in the country. And then you do a likelihood times impact hazard risk analysis. So you have to know what to prepare for. And, and, and that's like the first step, right? Figure out what the risks are to the institution or to the business. And then from there, you can prepare. Well, and Zahi, I'll give you a very uh, simple answer to something that, you know, we've just been going through. We've been reassessing some of the things here and uh, our, our theater department was talking and said, we need to really up what we have available in our first aid kit because we have an area where people are using power tools and building sets and mm -hmm. A first aid kit that is simply bandages may not do what we need it to do. Uh, and, you know, that's a very simple 
thing to fix, but it's one that, you know, you may not really be thinking in that mindset until you need to. Well, and I wouldn't, yeah. right? You, you get the point. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say there are people whose jobs it is to think about it, but 99% of us in, in higher education were not hired based on that subject matter expertise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that it goes right back to that hazard risk assessment, right? So I know a lot of times we're thinking about the big active threat, but you know, also looking, and that's what you know, safety professionals are doing. You know, in the in the occupational health and safety world, OSHA, they're looking at exactly that. What are the hazards in this lab, and then how do we prepare for them? And then and then what are the things that we would need in a response if something were to happen. And that is, you know, looking at those first aid kits and making sure that we would have things in there that would address the hazards in this space. Yeah. And I think, you know, just looking at some of the simple things, there's, there's a lot of low hanging fruit. Um, you know, again, things that, that we're talking about is making sure on all of the phones in each room, there is something that says what building and what room number it mm-hmm. is, so that if somebody needs to call nine one one, it's right there, and and they don't have to think about it or search for something like that. So there there are some very small things that can be done. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are thinking to that. You know, well, what happens if somebody comes here with a gun? But you know, realistically, it probably is going to be more along the lines of a medical emergency mm-hmm. or something like that. And it's being prepared for the big things and the little things. Yeah, I mean, that's a very valid point. And I would say that ties back to the fact that when you have a population that may not be a population that is you know, frequently visiting a particular area or site, you're going to want to make sure that you have things in place so that it's readily identifiable as to what the plan is in case there is some type of emergency and what building are we in and what room are we in. And and if there are, um, you know, emergency phones that they're easily accessible and that there's signage that points to where the phone is at and, you know, even go as far as having buttons that are pre-programmed that will take that person to an emergency dispatcher so that it becomes very user-friendly because you don't always have time to train everybody. But if you think about emergency response not requiring any special knowledge, even better. So, you know, when you look at keeping things simple and basic emergency response plans do not have to be complicated, right? They can be very simple. And one of the things that I do, and I was talking about this before we began taping the show today was when I go to a location that I'm not familiar with, I start to look around and say, okay, I don't know what their plans are in this particular building. I'm new to it. What would I learn by, 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 by paying attention to what signs are posted, what emergency information is available as somebody who doesn't come to this building on a regular basis? You know, would I know what to do based on what is available to me right now? Do I know where the tornado shelters are at? Do I know where the first aid kits are? Do I know how to exit the building if I needed to exit uh, in a quick fashion? 
And so that information needs to be there, but also we need to take a personal responsibility for ourselves and our own safety. So I'm doing that from an analytical point of view from being in the safety profession, but I'm also doing it because I have to accept responsibility for my own personal safety as well. We've been talking with uh, Brad Smith about emergency preparedness on campuses. If you enjoy topics like this, be sure and subscribe to us here on YouTube. Ring that bell down below. You'll get notified when we post new content. And of course, you can find Let's Talk Ed on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well. So for Brad Smith and Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time right here on Let's Talk Ed.